This is the Whiskey Tango Foxtrot Podcast. I am a host. I am a host. Uh, this is my first time doing a YouTube live session. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. I'm probably going to get a green screen so you can't see my kitchen later on. And anyways, today I have with me Aaron. I have with me Yvette. Aaron, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, I am Aaron Joyner, and I'm the host of the 95 Adventures Podcast. Perfect. So, and Yvette, you know, this is our second uh, episode together, so, and I've been wanting to do a record, another recording with you. I had a little mix-up in the previous recording. Somehow my audio and video got separated. Aaron and I were already talking about recording each other. I was going to record him, and he was he was going to record me doing a podcast. I thought it would have been, like, amazing to do that. And I was like, hey, why don't we just get Yvette on one? Because I wanted to do the seeing all this, like, really cool stuff that she's doing. So, and anyways, why don't you go ahead and start, you know, asking asking her what you need to, you know, what you want to know about Yvette. Well, obviously your last podcast, the podcast with Jimmy, first off, if nobody's heard it, it was awesome. Like, it really was great. I even messaged yeah. So I messaged her and and was like, "Hey, this was a really fantastic interview. I really enjoyed it a lot." Um, and hearing about it, and people don't know, you can fill them in on uh the whole recovery, just like a short thing of getting the the virus COVID nineteen and recovering from it. Yeah. Um, well, first off, hi guys. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to sum it up in like a nice little package with a bow on top for those who don't, like who didn't catch the first one. Um, so long story short, I'm 30 years old. I'm from Orange County, California. Um, and obviously, you know, this is the year of this whole coronavirus pandemic. Um, but it was about mid-March when I tested positive. And it's crazy because I've never been sick. Um, I'm not somebody who regularly, you know, goes to the doctors or anything. As a matter of fact, I actually... Um, physical fitness and everything is actually a big part of my life. So I pride myself in my fitness. Uh, so when I got sick, it was totally like unexpected. Um, but I was hospitalized at the Long Beach VA. As a matter of fact, I was the very first hospitalization at Long Beach VA um, here in Southern California. Uh, so while I was in there, I, I was actually hospitalized because I did get severe pneumonia associated with it, and I did get some lung damage. Um, so on my third day in there, it was really, really bad, and I volunteered – as a matter of fact, it was the day that Donald Trump um, mentioned the hydroxychloroquine trials. Um, when The day that he mentioned it, the following morning, I volunteered to be one of the first Americans here in the U.S. Um, to try it out. So I did try it out, and here I am over a month later, like, like nothing happened, man. I mean, I do walk around with an inhaler from time to time, but apart from that, like, I feel great. So, yeah, so yeah, that- there, it's been a long road, but I, I, I'm here. I guess now the the question that I really wanted to get into after like we sum all that up, which is the things that really got exciting was your post when you tested positive for antibodies and you're allowed to donate plasma to start helping other people get better. Yeah, so I actually haven't talked to you guys about this yet. Um, I probably should have done this before. So um, yes, I it took me forever to finally get the antibody test for some reason, like. The doctors weren't doing it, and then some organizations would say they would, but then they wouldn't. I finally found a drive-up clinic um, that are in several cities in the United States, 
Um, I paid some money and they did the test and I did test positive, which was crazy exciting. I mean, I was so ready. Basically, if you have the antibodies in your blood, you can donate every seven days. And with one donation, we can be helping up four people. Now, quick disclaimer, this does not mean 100% that it's going to work. And that's really important because all of this is it's very much a trial. You know, it's not guaranteed. The plasma things are not guaranteed, but it's a start. Um, and case by case, it's looking like it's helping a lot of people, so that was the purpose. Um, the only thing that has become an issue now is if you are a woman who has had a baby, who has given a live birth, there is a chance that you could develop an antibody. It's a rare chance, but there's a chance. Now, this antibody, what it does is if you develop this antibody in your body, you have it for life. And basically, if, let's say, I want to give you my plasma, it's in the plasma. If I want to give you my plasma, upon receiving it, it can actually damage your lungs. So it's like a really, really small chance for a woman to actually have this. But any, any woman who has had a live birth has to be tested for this. So I got tested for this a couple of days ago. Um, that was my initial one. And I did receive a call, as a matter of fact, 20 minutes before you guys called. And unfortunately, I did test positive for this antibody. Um, so I will not be able to be donating plasma. However, I still qualify to donate blood. Because as much as we need plasma, we also really, really need blood. Um, so I'm going to be making my appointment um, first thing tomorrow morning to donate blood every week. Did you say that if you, like... You haven't had the virus, but you have given birth. You could have these same antibodies. Yeah, so this is a totally, this has nothing to do with the coronavirus, right? Um, it's called, I want to say it's HLA. I want to say that's what it's called, HLA antibody. So this has nothing to do with coronavirus or COVID or anything else. This is basically, if you're a woman and you're giving birth, right? You could be any woman, bitch, small, whatever, you know. If you have gone through the process of giving birth, you could develop these antibodies. Um, so they're very specific, and if you do develop them, then they stay with you for the rest of your life. So before, like, even if you're not going to donate plasma for coronavirus, if you're going to donate plasma regardless, you still have to have that test done because it's within the plasma. So it's specifically associated with plasma. Gotcha. Gotcha. So this whole process of you, like, recovering, and we talked a little bit on the side about um, – about getting threats and that was in your podcast before with with jimmy has that accelerated at all or is that has kind of stayed like mellowed off i mean it's kind of wild that you like just from get, you got sick and then you recovered from an illness that is sweeping and made people stay inside indoors and then you get threats over it that's so weird like the survivor gets the threat well, let me tell you the reason for the threat that will help you kind of understand. So I, like, honestly, when it started happening, I wanted to just blow it off because you, you try to be understanding, right? At least I do. I try to sort of see it from a bigger picture, and I'm like, okay, people are financially stressed out. They're losing their jobs. They're afraid. Anxiety's through the roof right now. Like, people are, in every single household, there's a different level of stress and anxiety, and not everybody knows how to handle these emotions, right? So what they, a lot of people will do is they get defensive, and they lash out. If you say something that they don't necessarily agree with or if, you know, in anything like that, it's very easy, especially if you're behind a keyboard, right? It's very easy to lash out at somebody else. So what happened in my case was I did not fit the mold of a person who was supposed to get sick, right? 
what they said was if you're over 65, if you're somebody who gets sick, if, if you are that person, then you're going to get sick. Other than that, and I remember specifically a quote that Donald Trump said, he said, we're not saying, he said something along the lines of like, we're not saying 100% that young people can't get it, but most likely they can't. Like, basically saying that we're almost close to immune. So I don't fit that narrative, right? I am you. I am Jimmy. I am one of you guys. So if I get sick, that's immediately a threat to every other young person to every single person out there who doesn't fit that mold and that is scary right so that's where this whole thing started it's like okay here comes this girl she's not supposed to be sick if she could get sick and i could get sick and i don't like that so i'm gonna immediately try to discredit her so that's where we start it all began with she's a fake it's not true and it escalated up until like i got paid by Huntington beach by my city I got paid by Donald Trump himself, you know, I, I was like part of this grand conspiracy. And then that led into Facebook hate groups, like these huge groups of like taking my pictures and trying to debunk me. And then that led to these like, I guess they would set a time, like at this time, everybody flood her with messages and like tell her that we're going to take her down, right? So then that's when I started getting the messages. Like I remember there was this like creepy old guy who was like, I'm not going to rest until I find you. And I'm going to, you know, expose you and just all of these, like, crazy, like, nonsense things. Um, so, like, it was, at first, you want to just push it away. But when you wake up, because I wasn't actively looking for it, I would wake up in the morning. And apart from them sending me messages, I was having these people who they meant well. You know, it was somebody who was very supportive of me. And they'll actually screenshot what they see and they send it to me. And they're like, hey, just so you know, this is going around. So I understand they were just trying to make me aware of it, but I don't want to see that first thing in the morning, you know? So it was cons pretty consistent for about two and a half weeks. And it's like, I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how much muscle you have, how tall, how short. It wears. It does. And it did start to wear on me. So now what's happened is there's been sort of like a decline in it, I think, because there's been now this time where I have been active on social media, but I haven't been so much like on the TV or anything. So there's definitely been a decline, but I did an interview again, uh, two days ago. Um, and it was literally just a short clip and here we go again. Like immediately when the interview came out, I actually had one of my own personal friends, uh, attack me on Instagram, like screaming and shouting. And then he actually called me on the phone and I was like, like he was screaming at the top of his lungs, like Whoa. you have an agenda and you know, F your politics, and you need to, and he was just, like, saying that I'm, like, trying to push this political, it, it was just, like, ugh, <laughs> like, there's this headache, and when it's coming from people outside, it's one thing, but when it starts coming from people that you respect, people that are close to you, I mean, it really hits home, it's hard. From your... But it's going to start up again, it's starting up again, because now it's going to start getting media attention again, because I'm going to start doing the, 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 the donations. So, like, right now, I have a reporter who is going to do a story on me this week because I'm, like, the follow-up. And I actually have a lot of them who they said, you know, once you start kind of recovering, we're going to do the second part of your story. So I know that once that sort of starts airing again, it's all going to start up again. But from your friend, too? That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy to me. Like the, you, Yeah. I mean, because, like, so Jimmy and I have had lots of conversations on the phone and he can attest, like, we don't see eye to eye on some of our opinions because 
He's a science guy. He studies numbers. And then he gives me that information. And then I'll say my opinion from my side of the thing. And we discuss it. And we have this long conversation. And and what starts out, and maybe it doesn't end that way, but we have a legitimate, great, deep discussion about these things. And I, it's like we both understand each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like I understand exactly where you're coming from. And I'm like, because I... I you know, my, my human instinct is to be like, yes, I want to be exactly like you, you know, like a complete rebel. In all of this, you know, <laughs> I want to violate everything and just get back to normal. But it's like, then it's like, in the re- I, I didn't intentionally, you know, my life, I didn't intentionally get into this science field, you know, and I, I study ecology and conservation biology. And it's like moving up into this level, we're constantly reminded in, in our science that that the only really the only time statistics are ever accurate I mean and I, I'm not gonna say this all the time there's so many different ways you can manipulate statistics to show something and that's that's great for when it's being used in a white coat lab where it's in a controlled environment but when you're talking outside of a building where it's not controlled like in the population out in the population out in the environment, those numbers, there's so many other factors yeah. that, can, that can affect it. There's so many other unknowns that you don't know what's going on. And we're constantly told that in our department that that nothing, that not everything that we study is going to be crystal clear yeah. because it's not controlled. Yeah. You can't just control the environment. But see, I so think I'm, something that I, I think the phone call with my friend, and the reason I bring it up is because I think it's important. It represented, for me, it represented the bigger picture. So yeah. he lashes out, he sees the interview, lashes out on social media, lashes out physically to me, right? And then I, I purposely stayed very calm. And then after I texted him and I was just like, hey, I just wanted to let you know that regardless of whether we agree or disagree, regardless of our political views, I said, our friendship is so much bigger than any of our disagreements or any of our personal emotions. And I, and I went to describe, I was like, these are the things I value about you. And we were friends before this and I refuse to lose friends over this. And I think that we need to remind ourselves of the bigger picture here, regardless of how we're feeling, you know, politically or whatever else, let's not lose our humanity. He ended up calling me back the following day and he apologized. He was like, you're so right. He said, and he described it. And this is what I mean by like, it relates directly to it. He said, I'm frustrated with everyone having an opinion online. I'm frustrated with, you know, hearing about the the closing up, I believe that the government should open. And he started expressing his views. And basically what he said is that he didn't mean to lash out at me. He said, I didn't mean to lash out at you. He said, it's just when I saw that, that was like the cherry on top. So it was easy to kind of like jump down your throat. And I think that that is a representation of what's happening with a lot of these people, unfortunately. It's not, I can't sit here and say, oh, well, it's personal. They know me and they're going to, you know, they just want to attack me. It's not that. There are so many layers, I think, that are sort of built into these these things where it's like, again, all of the stressors on top of everything. I mean, it doesn't get off social media or, or the TV. It's all day long. So it's easy where it's like, hey, I have direct access to you. They're not going to call the governor. You know, it's like, it's hard to do that. So, hey, I have this person in front of me or this profile in front of me that I can lash out to and vent that frustration. And I feel better for those few minutes. So I think that that's what it was. Um, and I'm not going to hold that against my friend because once, once I sort of, 
calmed him down, he realized he was like, oh my gosh, like this, our friendship, this is so much bigger than this. Like, what am I doing? And I think that there's going to be a real moment when all of this sort of fizzles out where there's going to be so many people who have lost good friends, so many people who have, you know, broken relationships and everything. And they're all going to sit there and go, wow, what did I do over something so stupid, you know? Well, I think, and I, I actually, so your post today was really powerful in that sense. And I mean, I, I'm not looking at it from a, like agreeing with or disagreeing with you. I'm looking at it as, uh, as this point as to why your friend could get mad at you and your friends can get mad at you. He's like, they call, you said they call you on the phone. They, you're going to do an interview. You do a short clip interview. You answer a question and then it's done, right? Well, yeah. then in that short clip, you can take that however you want in that short clip interview and well did she mean this or did she mean this was she coming from this place? and you're going to hear kind of the context of what you want to hear and sure. or get twisted any other way if somebody else picks it up so it's important to be able to have context to everything and you be able to explain your story sure and i think that that's why i did that post anyway because i was like okay if he was so quick to lash out and jump down my throat, there's got to be a thousand others behind him who may not be bold enough to say something. But I felt because I am so, sort of on this platform right now where people are paying attention, I'm like, let me just get ahead of it. I'm just going to go ahead and express what I meant before we even get there. Like, I just, just kind of like as, as a safety for myself because I think my message is very, very clear. I'm not for one side. I'm not for the other side. Be safe. Take care of each other. Don't lose your humanity. That's like my entire point to everything. So I think that's why that important that video was so important to me. Um, because I, I just I I want everybody to not get so lost in this to remember like we are all humans and we have to live. We all have to coexist after this. You know what I mean? Like we have to, we have to coexist. So that's why I made that video. Because yeah, you're right. I mean, everybody's gonna interpret. You can take one sentence. And put line ten people up, and each one is, could take that a totally different way. So yeah, I, I I actually agree with that. It's like you could just take a snippet of something and insert it into another piece of whatever, and it had nothing to do with that. And you you make so you can make someone look bad that way, and it happens all the time. And like a lot of like, and I, I don't mean to be. But a lot of media, I guess, from my point now, news agencies, most of, most of them, they just have a want or a need to come first, whether it's accurate or not. Or not. They just want to be sure. first. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. And, like, I think I've been very fortunate because so far, and I've, I've done quite a bit of media, so far I think the media has done a really good job of portraying the, the message that I'm trying to get out. So I, but I know that sometimes that doesn't always happen. I mean, you see with like with celebrities and everyone else where they come on and they're like, oh, well, it was edited to look certain ways and now they have to be defending it. So I, I agree with that. I mean, it's not always going to work in your favor. So I, like I said, with that one interview, I mean, I may talk for five seconds total. It's like three little snippets, a total of like five seconds. But I did feel that need of like, especially in this time because it is so sensitive, like let me just, let me just throw a little love in that and let them know because I don't, I just, I don't. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> it's a weird it's a weird position because you've got two two polarizing subjects, the protests in California, right? Uh and then you've got the chloroquine stuff, you know? So right. it helped you. 
and you signed up to be a first trial patient and all that good stuff. And then that's a, it, it's very divisive because of the way the media puts it out there. You have people in a camp that say, no, don't just because of their political beliefs. And you have other people that say, yes, do just because of their political beliefs, both sides. And so yeah. you've you've answered two polarizing questions. So if you said yes, you're wrong. If you said no, you're wrong. Right. And this is why I think I've always done, like, even if you go back, if anybody goes onto my Facebook, I have all the videos there. From day one, when it started with the hydroxychloroquine, I always, every single time I said, disclaimer, I am not a medical professional. This is very much a trial. This, you know, this is something that you need to work out with you specifically with your doctor and make sure it works for you. Like, don't, this is not a cure. You know, I like, I felt like I kept saying that over and over because I don't want anybody to think that I was jumping on going, oh, look, guys, we have a cure because that's not what I was doing. Um, I was doing a trial and, and I was happy to do that. But um, yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like that's, that's what's going on right now. It's like if anybody makes a statement about anything, you're immediately taking a side and you're immediately taking a stance on something. And I'm like, well, no, I'm, I'm actually pretty fluid and neutral with most things. And realistically, just because something works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for you. I mean, we're, we all have totally different genetic makeups. It would be ridiculous to think that. And I think everyone right now is so desperate to find something. And this is how I feel. I feel like everyone right now, they just want an answer. One answer, here's this magic pill. This, I don't care if you're big, you know, big, small, short, fat, whatever. This magic pill is going to cure you. And until we find that magic pill, this is going to happen. So I think that's part of the frustration too. Yeah, and but I mean, here's where I look at it from your point of view, which is so amazing, is it's worth taking that chance to be polarizing on one side because if that medicine does help that person, you've already done the good like 10 times, 20 times, however many times you want. Like you can't measure it. You cannot measure the amount of good that even helping one person by sharing your message of how the medicine worked for you. And it's crazy because I'm on this survivor group um, that was created. It's called Survivor Corps. And basically it's on Facebook. There's 40, 41,000 members, I believe. It's a bunch of corona, coronavirus survivors. And somebody posted on there, has anyone actually taken hydroxychloroquine? And there are hundreds, hundreds of cases that are, yes, this works for me. Yes, this was wonderful. So even though, I'm mean, going to remember the population here in the United States is ridiculous. I mean, we're, we're not talking about hundreds. We're not talking about thousands. I mean, we have so many people. So... Is it going to work for everyone? No, but does that mean it's not going to help some people? It is helping people. I see it. I'm watching all of these people, who, and I've gotten messages from them going like, thank you so much. You know, it worked for me. It worked for my dad. It worked for my for my wife, you know, because of this. My dad's here with us today. So it's it's. I feel like it's just really hard to sort of um, put us all under one umbrella. It's just not realistic to do that right now. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, everyone, everyone is going to handle this virus. So I, I think it's funny, you know, the delay and I, I, and you, you probably will contest this. I always seem to be a week or two ahead in the knowledge of what the public knows, like what's going around. Like I'm always, I was like a long time ago when this first came out, I knew immediately, I was like, well, if you're vitamin D deficient, you're going to have a hard time with it. You, you remember that? <laughs> hear me, Aaron? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. Okay. Yeah, it was just, it was just, I, I, and it's like, I think I thought I got, I got a good chuckle out of it the other day because it was like, man, 
all of a sudden the media is just blowing that up and now everyone's going to blow it out of proportion. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, there's going to be so many more rumors and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm it's like everyone's going to be like, oh, and it's, it's just everything is going to get blown up just because the media took it, took it, you know, took it out of context. Yeah. But it's like, it's a well-known thing, but there's so many, there's so many factors that, that can affect, that vitamin D can affect, you know, it can, it, it not only drives your immune system, it drives your, your, I guess, your, it also influences your, your hormone balance. It influences uh, your sex drive, basically. You know, there's, there's guys that have really bad vitamin D and they literally have no sex drive because of it. And it, yeah. it does a lot in your body, you know, and you got to think these molecules in your, in your blood are carrying around these vitamins and distributing them. And when you're, when you're not, when you don't have the right, the, the minerals and the vitamins, you know, it's going to affect so much. And it's extremely complicated. It is yeah. extremely complicated. I think that's the crazy thing about this whole disease is that it's, it's unknown. Like it's unknown. It's kind of like any disease though. And this is where yeah. I've told Jimmy, like, I don't have the fear of it and I'm not going to blame a handshake for getting it. Because yeah. I don't look for blame. I just look for, like, the solution. I try to be as safe as possible. I want to preface that. Like, I, I follow the rules. I try to be safe. But then at the same time, like, common sense says, I touch a lot of things during the day. Even as an essential worker, I touch a lot of things. And a lot of other people yeah. have touched it. You know? And that's, like, if I shake somebody's hand, I'm not going to go, you gave that to me. And I shouldn't have shook that guy's hand. No. I shook your hand. Like I could have got it from breathing something. I could have got it from, yeah. you know, anything else. Like there's a hundred different places I could get it from. So the point, and you said something again, that the point of this is not to keep everybody from getting the virus and it goes away. It's to give our medical system a chance to be prepared to deal with people right. and not to overrun them. And so there is a point in time when we have to let people out and brave and take a chance on getting it yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and i think that that was something that was misinterpreted as well um and then just going back to what you said like when you, when you show those something it could be misinterpreted now i think the reason that mine could potentially be misinterpreted is because they overlapped my interview with a protest that had several underlying like layers right so the protest the main reason was because the governor shut down our beach. Okay, that's a big reason why people were pissed off. They were throwing his because the beach was shut off. However, that's kind of the main one. But then you have underneath, you have you know opening the essential businesses, and then you have you know pro Trump, and then you have anti Trump, and then you have anti Governor Newsom. So there's a lot of layers to the protest. So we have my interview encompassed with this protest of so many different things, and then you, the consumer, when you watch that, you're gonna pull from it what you're believing. So if you're like a, a um, somebody who's pro-Trump and everything else, when you're watching it through those eyes, through that that perception, because that's what the, what speaks to you. Going, you know, same thing. If you're anti-Trump, you're watching it with those anti-Trump eyes because that's what speaks to you. So in my case, when I when I was talking, and I think what kind of saves me is at the very end, I said, you know, people don't want to wait two weeks to go to the beach. I was speaking very specifically about the beach. People not wanting to wait about the beach but again when it's overlapped with something with so many layers it could be taken out of context like i think uh the reason that my friend was upset was because he thought i was talking about the essential businesses so he thought i was saying 
to basically everybody needs to shut up and we're, we don't need to open the world and two weeks from now the coronavirus is going to be over and then we need to wait till then. That's not what I mean. <laughs> like I was talking about the beach. The beach over here, like the beach is shut down. Do it the right way. It'll reopen, whatever. But just to clarify, like that's not what I meant at all. Like if anything, I'm the first one to say, yeah, I think we should start opening things. I think like especially these smaller businesses, like we have business owners who are losing so much money. If you have a bar, you know, a pretty big salon, you know, with barber chairs, why not give them plenty of space? I've gotten a haircut, and I'm sure you guys have too, where you are actually a pretty decent. Well, probably not in a while, Aaron. <laughs> and there's a pretty there's a pretty good space, you know? Like not every single thing is usually cool, depending on where you go, especially with smaller businesses. So I say yeah, for people like that, like I think there's ways where you can start do some time slots, you know, from from you're gonna come in at this time. So I feel like there is a productive way to do it and I think if we can establish a way to do that, it's gonna work. However, we need to be the to follow those rules and this is what i was speaking to when it came to the beach the beach was not shut down it wasn't shut down the beach was open man all they did it's like a ch- it's like a little kid right hey you can play your game but these are the rules that you have to play your game well, but everybody else is grounded but i as your parent i'm gonna let you play this game but these are the rules follow the rules and you're good that's what happened the governor gave us the beach he said here here all the other beaches, the beaches are shut down but i'm gonna give you the beach because I understand you guys need to exercise, you guys need to be out there. But here are the simple rules: social distancing. Um, let's make sure that we're out there, for, you know, exercise and, and surfing and all of these things. You got to make sure that you're moving, and you can have your beach. Well, I think we all know what happened because if you saw those aerial images of how many people flooded the beach, they're out there like it's a regular summer day. I mean, it's just like I remember I was seeing the footage and I was like, it's unreal. It's unreal. So. If you're a kid and you don't follow the rules when you're playing the game, what do you think's gonna happen? Mom and dad are gonna take the game away, <laughs> you know. You can figure out a way to get it back. So I think that's sort of the analogy that I use. Like it's not about, it's not about like I don't believe in opening everything up. No, it's not about that. I just think that we have a responsibility to do things the right way because everybody's so proud to be an American and, and our rights and our freedoms and everything, but we then need to take those rights and those freedoms that we have and do, you know, behave responsibly as citizens. That's what I believe. And uh, I think, like, when I watched your thing, I didn't watch your news interview, but when I watched your deal on Instagram, I was like, oh, she's not even talking about all the beaches. She's talking about a specific situation where people flooded this beach and they shut that beach down. So they're not like, hey, it's not all-encompassing. It's a special situation. I think it's yeah. like really crazy. I think it's really awesome to hear your perspective on reopening from someone who had the virus and had it in yeah. its aggressive form. Yeah. Like that's an interesting yeah, perspective. Well, and, and it's, it's, the thing is like people, I think they're automatically going to assume like, okay, because she had the virus and because she was in the hospital, we don't want to hear her because she's immediately going to be anti-opening and like stay home. That's not the case. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be as clear as I can. Like, I want to go back to work. You know, I'm, I'm home just like everybody else. I'm this gentleman just like everybody else. I get it. Like, just the mental health aspect is huge. So, again, like, I think we should be opening things back up. Now, do I think that Disneyland is ready to open? Uh, maybe those bigger <laughs> things we need to hold off a little bit longer. But, yeah, like, these smaller things, why not? I, I think that I think it's time. I think it's been long enough. 
But again, like if we're not going to follow the rules, we're blowing it for ourselves. That's what I think. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree, but I just think we need to do it responsibly. No, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I agree with the, the, I mean, a few knuckleheads can ruin it for the good people. And that needs to be figured out. The way I kind of look at it is you've got some smart, like you've got some people sitting up there for however long California's been shut down. And they're supposed to be trying to figure some things out. And they're supposed to be smart. They're put in these positions because they're supposed to be intelligent when it comes to handling this exact situation. And they can't figure anything out logistically. Like they would never be able to get a job in the trucking industry or in any sort of distribution because they can't figure out logistics for crap. Yeah. Yeah. Some people just really suck at logistics. Yeah. Like when you're talking like mass scale logistics like that, unless you have like one person tra- tracking and managing it at, at every location, it's almost guaranteed, you know, to, to, for something, something really crappy to happen. Something's not going to get delivered to this place. You know, someone's not going to get what they want, you know. And we kind of saw that with what happened in New York with those, with the respirators sitting in the, sitting in the, the, the warehouse, you know, or yeah. the store, wherever, whatever the rumors were. But yeah. and that, that's, just, that's just what happens. When you have mass scale logistic operations, it's almost guaranteed to be delayed. Yeah. It's never going to be as fast as you want it. And I, it doesn't happen. I say that, and at the same time, how do you control when you've locked down California, who's a place that's sunny beaches, great weather, people go there for that specific thing, like that's what they move there for, and then right. you tell them stay in your home, stay in your home, don't even you know you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, and then you finally open up the beach. What do you expect's going to happen? Right. Like, yeah, and and that's what's because like you know it was communicated that you know it's, it's for exercise it's for the locals and, and it's just people are, are so ready to jump at this point no one's gonna listen and unfortunately like i wish there was you know more that we could do about it but just the population is, is way too big there's way too many people and they know it that, that's the thing they know that there's power in numbers right so if i show up i may not run out there by myself but if i've got 500 people behind me, yeah, no one's going to stop us from going. Um, and it's just, it, it, you know, the, the numbers, it, 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 I don't know if you saw the videos of the protests, but it's just like, they literally had, apart from all of the police vehicles, they had everybody on horseback, a whole bunch of cops on horseback, trying to just keep everybody onto the streets because everybody, nobody wanted, they were blocking cars. I mean, it was madness. It's madness. So I watched... I've been watching a lot of your videos, and I, I see you like working out and running. And like, how how can you like explain to me like that progress of like what it felt like the first time you worked out to whenever the last time it was you worked out, and and each time what that felt like like you're doing the the squats, the deadlifts, and the runs. Like, what what was that like for you? How did that feel like? Yeah. So the very first time, so it all kind of started when I got out of the hospital, I did a 10 minute walk, um, maybe three or four days home. That 10 minute walk by the end of it, I needed an inhaler. It was now my, it was very, very slow. I was moving very slow, but even then I needed an inhaler. How long was so this after? This was maybe three or four days out of the hospital. Okay. Um, 
And I was, you know, just confined right next to my mom's house. There was nobody around. It was an open space. But I was going really, really, really slow. When I was finally cleared by the Department of Public Health and everything, um, I came to my apartment and I invested in some gym gear just because, I mean, I don't, we don't know obviously how, how long this was going to have school be closed or whatever. So I know that my health is important, especially now. So I invested in some gym gear. Um, so I got onto the treadmill and I think my first day, same thing, really slow walk on the tread. Um, and I think I might've been like 15 minutes. Um, same thing back to the inhaler. And then the next day I did a little bit longer. I did 20 minutes. And then I, the following day I had gotten some, uh, some, some weights. So yeah, I had gotten some weights and I only did one set. I did, you know, the, my regular that I normally do. And after that one set, I was in so much pain. It was tired. I was winded. I like, I think I sat in my room just breathing for a while. It just calmed me down. And then I took the inhaler again. And the thing is, it's not like it's, it's mentally frustrating, but I mean, excuse me, it's, it's physically frustrating, but mentally it's worse because mind you, I'm a girl who I'm a rock star at the gym. You know, that's like, that's my pride and joy. So to be someone who goes and working out so much to all of a sudden you can barely, barely get like a preview of what you used to do. It was very frustrating. Yeah. So that's sort of how it started. It started with like, you know, especially with the legs, like, I started doing maybe three or four reps. It's that. Like, I didn't, and I didn't touch the squat at this time. At this time, it was just my body weight. And I was wobbly, and I was all over the place. But there was this sort of, like, desire in myself. I'm like, no, I'm going to get this because I have to right now. I have to take care of me. I'm completely alone, home alone. No one's taking care of me. I need to take care of myself. So it was this very, very slow progression. Mind you, now it's been over a month. Of, actually, what's the day today? May 4th. I have been almost two months now. Um, May the 4th be with you. Yeah, right? You too. <laughs> and also me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was like, hmm. so a progression. And then I was like, you know what? I'm sitting there on, on Amazon, which has been my enemy because I've spent so much money on Amazon that I should not. But anyway, so I see this block rack and I'm like, okay, you know what? Buy that. So I bought the squat rack. I got some weights. And I did not expect, I didn't know what to expect, I guess. And I got on it, and I I, I, I put it on the camera, and I did it on purpose. So I was like, okay, this is going to go one or two ways. If I die, at least there's evidence in the phone. If it goes well, then I have this really cool video, right? So I did it, and I, I actually posted the video, and you could just see it in my face, like the surprise, the, the excitement. Like, I was so blown away because I had no idea. Like, I, was supposed, I was supposed to have lung damage and all these other things, so... You could see it, and ever since that day, that moment, I get to the point of exhaustion where it's like, you know, the one one set or whatever, and I'm like, okay, one more, and one more. And now I'm sort of back into this place of like, all right, and that's why, you know, I did that video of running, and I'm not a runner to the team. Like, I don't do that. Okay, and I was like, well, let's just see what happens. And I was going, and it wasn't so much about the actual running, because I think running is bullshit to be honest with you but just the fact that I was doing it and I didn't need my inhaler it was more emotional and mental for me so it was very exciting um I am very limited on running just because I can have kind of messed up knees but like anytime that I get a moment to do it I do it and it sort of reminds me it's like it's very humbling for me 
because I'm like, look at how far I've come in such a little bit of time. You know, I was in my bed thinking I was going to die potentially. And I'm sitting here, you know, feeling great. So I have been making it a point to, I work out, you know, three days on, one day off. And I actually already called my boxing instructor. And as soon as this all lifts, we're going to go back to to boxing. You know, we're going to start really slow, but we're going to get back to that. And I have a feeling just because of what's going on that I'll probably end this more physically fit than I was before because the determination is different. The the mental, the the process in my mind is so different now, which is crazy. Yeah. But yeah, it was definitely frustrating in the beginning. It was a whole like a whole roller coaster of like, do I just give up? And you know, when you're someone who takes so much pride in your body and everything else, and then you start to feel that go away, yeah. it, it sucks, man. How how long have you been boxing? Um, so I started kick. I officially started kickbox training maybe 23. So maybe I started training about seven years ago. I never actually competed, but it was more like with my trainer, you know, whenever I'd go in a couple times a week. Um, so I started about 23, and then I took some time off again at 25. And then I was going to restart right before I got sick, but I'm actually restarting again um, as soon as this whole thing opens back so, up. So you should you should. You should go look at. This is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna turn to a veteran for a moment. You should go look at at, at amputee boxing. It's it's hilarious. I get a kick of wa- I get a kick out of watching it. When I watch my my buddies sitting there with one leg beating the crap out of each other, I'm like I'm like oh man this is like midget wrestling. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I want to be your corner man. Can I be your corner man? Oh, no. You can be my corner man. That would be so fun. That would be hilarious. That would be so awesome. I come out just like Mick. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, it's been cool, man. Honestly, like, I just feel like people don't, they underestimate, you know, people see people who work out sometimes. And immediately, and again, going back to that whole, like, me versus you thing, like, oh, you're somebody who's fit, and I don't work out, so you think you're better than everybody. No, we don't. It's just a lifestyle. But I, I think this has really made me appreciate that lifestyle and really see, like, the benefits from it. Because not only has it mentally given me more of a drive, but, like, it does feel good to feel your your strength coming back a little bit and to see the change. It does. It feels kind of nice, so. That's interesting that you say that because, like, I've, I've talked to – some San Antonio police officers, you know, back here in Texas, that were involved in a in a, a shooting, and he, the officer, I think, I think he got shot like three times, and it was it was kind of horrendous that the the person came right up to their cruiser and and shot into their car through the window, oh, wow. and and he, the guy, says the same thing, but he he did he did CrossFit, and he said the only reason why he thinks he survived. He, he lived through all that was because he kept himself in shape. Yeah. It's the reason why. 
Yeah, and I'm sure that probably has to do with the way that I reacted to, to the virus. You know, I'm sure that that has something to do with it, the fact that I was healthy and, you know, I, I, I don't know, yeah. like, whatever you want to call he, it, but... He'd say he, he swears that he recovered faster because he kept himself in shape. Yeah. And, and I totally believe it. I, I, you know, I don't know if there's any, like, research studies on it, but I, I absolutely believe it. If you keep yourself in shape, you know, you're probably going to have a better chance of surviving something like this, even if you do have low vitamin D. I think, I mean, I think that, and don't, don't like take me for saying that, but you know, it will help you in some form or fashion. Yeah. But I think also there's a stigma associated with it. Um, we're talking back to stigmas like we did last time. Like I've noticed that if you're somebody who doesn't typically work out or come from a background of working out, because most of the people, because I am like associated with the whole fitness world, a lot of people who approach me, whether they work out or not, that's what they talk about, right? They'll be like, oh, I, I want to, I don't know if it's like an intimidation that they feel like they need to talk about it or like give an excuse or justify why they are the way that they are. But that's usually the avenue they'll go like, oh, I've been thinking about going to the gym or, oh, I've been thinking about doing this. And I feel like there's this whole stigma of like, if you are somebody who is dedicated to the gym, now, obviously there are those people who are like cray cray, like gym 24 seven, but Oh, if I don't want to be one of them, one of those, like, I think, I want to say I saw it on a wall at, like, a Planet Fitness, like, on one of the, uh, I saw it on one of their things, and they put, like, some weird word on the wall, and it was saying, like, people who go to the gym and, and grunt and all these things, and basically making fun of us, and then, like, you look at, like, the Johnny Bravo character, right? Like, you would think, like, oh, if you are somebody who goes to the gym regularly, you're, like, big, dumb, and stupid, or, like, a, there's also the term bag of hammers. I don't know if you guys have heard these terms, <laughs> but yeah, so it's like people assume like, oh, if you're somebody who's into fitness, you're immediately this like superficial Barbie doll person with rocks in the head. Like that's not actually true. Like it's actually, it's got a whole lot of benefits and a whole lot to it. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people just, you know, because of that stigma, some people don't really want to cross into that, but it's not even about that, man. It's like, there's so much more to it. It's about being healthy. Yeah, it, it helps your mental health. Yeah, you know, it helps you build friends in there. Yeah. You know, you, 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 it's a community. You know, you're, you're. There's so many. There's so many benefits. You probably know more about. Have more to say about that, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I would. I assume you do. I mean, I, I'm just throwing you under the bus right well, now. No, no, no. I, I have. I, I. That's the. So I don't really. You guys talked about a lot of things that are that fall in line with that. I. I'm in a CrossFit gym because that's the style of working out that I enjoy. I came from the action sports world um, and the community is very similar. So I am attracted to that community. And for the first time, I got to go in and talk to people and I didn't talk about work. I was me. Well, 100% me. My identity was Aaron. So that's what I enjoyed the most. And that's what kept me going to doing that. Um, Similar to that, which I almost joined, was a mixed martial art gym because I love the jujitsu atmosphere, the guys, all that good stuff. Anyway. So I, I like, I don't like every time I've called Jimmy and that's where we met at a CrossFit gym. We have not once talked about CrossFit ever, not a workout. I'm not that guy. This, the podcast I have, I have CrossFit people on and I'll talk about it with them if it's specific, but really I just, I like the community. That's what attracts me. And if it, Staying healthy is super important. And so that's what I want to kind of like your comment about being better and being in fitness and having it help you through this. 
getting the virus real bad. It's very true. Like that could have gone the other way if you weren't taking care of yourself. And it doesn't mean that you have to go to gym every day, but just eat some whole foods, be relatively fit, like, and you're going to be way better off. My friend, like good friend in Australia, Paul Watkins, he's been on the podcast and he came out with a crazy statement when this all first came down. He's like, it's going to be interesting to see how the world looks at physical fitness after this is all said. It is. It's very true. And so, like, your your thing is very, very spot on. And I, I kind of wanted – I'm glad you brought it up because the uh, – the like, you having it, being physically fit, like, or going just going to the gym and working out, spreading the message of being healthy is not bad. Like, the stigma needs to go away. You don't have to be the bag of hammers. You can just be right. like, do an hour, 10 minutes, five, 20 minutes, whatever it is. Just be a little more conscious. And then we don't have to go into such a lockdown. Like there's all sorts of benefits that people aren't looking at. They're looking at a lot of the polarizing angry thing and they're getting angry at something that they could kind of help prevent. Yeah, you know, I agree. I, the anger in, in that you see is like, it's so wild. I've never seen people like get, get so angry. And and most of the time, they're getting angry because they're looking on Facebook. Yeah. And it's like, it's like you're really going to get all your information from Facebook? <laughs> yeah. And then my military side comes out, I'm like, how old are you, five? Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, oh, man. So I, I guess, like, for me, as it, what 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 I've been attracted to is just watching your progress through all this, and like it's 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 interesting because then it's like it kind of gives some people like a baseline. Some people it, it, and everyone's we talked about this before. Everyone's gonna have a different experience through this. Sure. There's some people that may have the virus and don't even know it, and there's gonna people be people that get it. And might have to spend a couple of days in the hospital. There's going to be people that get it that don't have to spend any days in the hospital. And then there's going to be people that get it and it's like super bad. And they may never get their full lung capacity back. They, you know, it's like they don't know. And so that's what I've been really curious watching with you is like, has have the doctors said anything like about like your lung capacity or like what what kind of that you could expect for that. Yeah, so when I was in the hospital, they did say that I did have lung damage. Um, the extent was kind of hard to gauge because the first day that I went in there, um, they had checked it and they said it was on the base of my lungs. And then uh-huh. on the third day, they said that it had crawled up to the back of the lungs as well, so down to the base of the back. Mind you, that was in three days' progression. So what happened after those three days, we don't know because we haven't had a test. Yeah. But then we started the hydroxychloroquine. So what the doctor said is like the damage, the damage is there. Um, yeah. Does it heal? It starts to heal up with these scars. You know, it creates all of these, all of these things that are going to with me. So we just don't know the extent of like how is my body going to heal? Some bodies are different. So I had my follow up appointment, and it's great, but it's also really hard because they're not taking people inside of the clinics right now. So we were able to do like a verbal check, right? We we did the telehealth, so on the computer. But I still have to go in for a CAT scan. I still have to go in for x-rays. And they said that that won't be until June or July. Mm-hmm. Just because of this whole thing. So as far as like 
the fact that I'm able to run and able to do all these things, like, it's so much better than what it was. But I can say, one, like, towards the end of the day, I definitely feel myself getting winded. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I there are elements that are there that were never there in the past, but it's not as bad as, as it was when I was in the hospital and, and after. So, I mean, we just don't know. We just don't know. We're not going to know for sure until we, we do a chest ray or, uh, or the, the chest ray or the testing. Yeah, and, and it'll probably give it time to even see if the, the lungs even fully heal from that. You right, know? right. So, it's crazy you've was, made that much progress that quick, though. I know that's what's so crazy about it because, like on the uh, on the forum again with all the survivors, there are so many different people with, with so many different elements, so many different ways. So that's where it's like it comes into question. Like, was it just me? Was it the hydroxychloroquine? Did it really, you know, could it have been something like that? What could it have been? Because one thing that I'm noticing is a lot of the people who did not take the hydroxychloroquine, they're saying, you know, I'm still having symptoms weeks later I'm still you know it's still winding down where my symptoms went away really really fast I was on hydroxychloroquine for five days and after that ended all my symptoms were gone except for a cough and the doctor told me that the cough was going to linger regardless because it's just like any other like if you catch cold or whatever that cough stays for like two weeks my symptoms went away like it was crazy with that hydroxychloroquine so again I'm not saying that it was the hydroxychloroquine but is there a chance who knows? I mean, our bodies are going to take it so, and pass it however it wants. So, like, here's, here, I'd like to enlighten, I guess, a lot of people, whoever listens to this, on on what you're describing. So, like, there is that VA study, which I'm assuming you were probably, they probably included you in that study. Yeah. And they came out and they said at the end, oh, we didn't find a difference in it. But that's, that's a great study, but, and all, I mean, and I'm not going to, like, not validate the study, but what I will say about that is let's just study the effects of that drug against COVID in a population. What if you want like to look at a real study regarding if if hydroxychloroquine is effective, you take the drug in the lab and you actually study the mechanisms of action that this drug has on the virus in a test tube. Right. right. You don't you don't study its effect on just giving it to people. Right. Because, you know, even then you're giving it to people and those people's bodies might be processing that drug differently than the other right. person. There's a lot more factors that come up. Once you know how the drug the drug's mechanism of action against the virus and you can affect. You can then say whether it's effective or not. But then again, it's it's mechanisms of action, and it's not like the the, the population. You know, it's like there's going to be so many different things that, that that could potentially help and may not help. Yeah. So. And it's gonna. I think it's gonna. You know, what might help me may not help you. So, and I yeah. think again, going back to the comment I made earlier is like everybody's looking for the one thing that's going to help everybody equally. And I just don't think that that's going to exist. I really don't. You know, even like with the regular, you know, think about Tylenol or ibuprofen, like the things that are kind of, you know, they, they sort of umbrella all of us. It may, you may need more. I may need less. Like, it's just our bodies are different. And I think that everybody just wants that quick, you know, here's the answer today right now. 
And yeah. yeah, I think that it does, all of that stuff needs to be studied and it needs, it takes time. And unfortunately, we just don't have the time or people don't want to give it tonight. Yeah, exactly. Well, Woody, like, do you have any, like, last questions for Man, I real I I really enjoyed like the like hearing about the medicine. That was that's it's crazy to, that you're. I love that you're sharing your message. I think that's what I love most about it is that yeah. even through all of the muck, and you're doing it in a way where you're not playing a political side. If people really listen to you, they're gonna see, they're gonna hear that I can't tell what you are politically. I, absolutely, like I don't know what side you're coming from. Like, yeah. it's a very you're thinking on your own own point of view from from the perspective and this is a big thing with me is um looking at it from somebody else's shoes like trying to put myself in their shoes and how would i react and you've had the virus so i can take what i take what you say a little bit more to heart than somebody outside that you've lived with it you had it you know fairly bad and then you recovered from it you took this medicine you're sharing your story to try to help others which that just it it lifts me up. It gets me pumped up. When you said do one more rep, like just do one more, getting tired, just do one more. I'm fired up. So you've got that personality. <laughs> so you're like the perfect person to share this story. And I I'm just glad that I got to have you and record you on this podcast with Jimmy. And thanks to Jimmy. Thank you to you, Vet, for like just being on. This has been fantastic. This has been great. I I, I gotta apologize to you because. I've, this is this whole brand new like this <laughs> live streaming it and learning how to use YouTube live and learning this stream labs whatever this is it's been the, the I, now I finally I, I, I know what I have to do now and even when we when I thought I did start it I didn't even realize it my stream labs was lagging and I, I had to restart the stream labs like 10, 10 or 15 minutes after we had started the pop. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, because because it said it was, I started getting messages from everyone. Oh, we can't see anything. I was like, I looked at. It, I was like, oh, it says it's lagging. You gave me a notification. Oh, so I was like, oh no, yeah. And it's like a it's a whole learning process. Yeah, but it's like, there's so much support from people that we know, and it's like you know I have, I have Aaron's. You know, you're now a part of this this community, and it's like you know, I, and now I'm like you know. You need to get on catch a lift fund because I'm pretty sure you can get free gym equipment. Oh, and like, that's right. Yeah, totally uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I got all these like nonprofits I want to hook you up with, you know. <laughs> and it's it's great, you know. And I, I'll tell everyone go check out Nine Five Adventures. You're the guy that taught me, you know, pretty much taught me how to get this homegrown podcast started. And it's like, go check out his podcast. I love listening. I listen to yours all the time. I'll just be sitting there and I've got my headphones and I'm like washing dishes or something. Like, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I love listening to them. But yeah, it's been it's been an honor like having you on. It's honor like having you as a friend, you know. And, and now it's like, you know, I get to know another another bass human being. So. No, and honestly, like just the fact, like, and and I know that we discussed this before. It's just it's so crazy to me because I've I've done so much you know, so much media, so many interviews and all of these things. And it's like, I have to be this sort of like, and don't get me wrong, I will never be fake. It's not in me. That's not who I am. However, you do sort of need to filter yourself, right? If you're going to be on, on TV, like you don't want to be like Kristen Storm, right? Usually, for most. 
Um, but like for me, I, I have I want to portray this image of somebody who you know I want to make sure I'm speaking well because I am I'm touching on a very very touchy subject, so I got to make sure that I'm speaking clearly. And then when I when I did the interview with you then and now just doing it now, I feel like I can finally just sort of like move all of those questions out of the way, sort of breathe, relax my shoulders, and just be myself. Because I don't feel like I'm going to be judged for what I'm saying. I don't feel like, oh my gosh, one little word that I say is going to be completely misconstrued. Like, you actually, and both of you actually have taken the time to listen to me in detail to really give me a chance to explain myself, where other resources, again, it's just a clip here, a clip there, and then it's not open to interpretation. So this has been great for me, because not only do I get to meet these awesome people, but I feel like I actually get to sort of voice myself to people who understand, who genuinely get it, yeah. who are actually trying to listen versus just, you know, let me see what part of my I can take apart so I can then attack. Um, so it's, it's just been so nice, honestly. That's awesome. Well, I'll, I'll come out, I'll come out and say this. So I got, I got, I got pretty trashed last night drinking some beer that was basically wine. It was like 10, 12% beer. And that's the reason why I'm drink, drinking chocolate coconut water because I got a bad hangover right now. That's how my coronavirus started, man. I felt I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let you. I'm just gonna let you know how open you can be. <laughs> no, but honestly, it's great. Like I said, and, and especially in this world where we're all sort of by ourselves. And, I mean, you can see all of my friends in the room. Do you hear the crickets? <laughs> We're like, no, no, no. So, so just knowing that I sort of have that outlet to people that, that, that get it. You guys understand. You guys see it from a totally different perspective. Um, I just, I really appreciate it. It does mean so much to me. And I'm so glad because now, I mean, who knows where, where it goes from here. You know, it's very exciting. Yeah. So yeah. I'm really happy. This is awesome. I'm glad you guys got on. And thanks for being patient with me while I was trying to get this live stream up. You know, I'm so happy. I finally have it figured out. I'm like over here texting everyone for the first like 20 minutes that we were live. Everyone's like, we can't hear, we can't hear you. And they're like, I was like, oh, I gotta do this and that, you know. Oh, it's that's such, funny. It's such an honor to have you guys on. Everyone heard you. That was the great part. I wasn't talking for the first most of it. So, my guests are the most important. You know, for sure. For sure. No, it it really like don't worry about it, Jimmy. This is the way it goes. You got to pull the trigger and try it. I love doing. Yeah, you, you know that, and so this yeah. is exciting. I I've had a blast. Yeah. Well, this is great. <laughs>